Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Hi. Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Hey, ladies. Hello. Last show of 2015. Can you believe it? Thank goodness. It's a lot of pressure. Is it? I, I don't feel so. any pressure. Should I? I don't know. Should I go back out and come back in the studio and then be all juiced up? I don't know. I mean, they say that you're supposed to go out with a bang and bring it in with a bang. What kind of bang are we talking about here? Just top-notch <laughs> performances. Oh, okay. Because I think uh, the bang... Uh, that I was referring to would be all of the great presents that we got on the way in here. Oh. Going out with a bottle of wine is a fantastic present yep. for me. My favorite wine. Thank you to Stan for, as always, showering us with things that we don't deserve. And you know what shirt I wore last weekend? My new Jaguar shirt from nice, Stan. Nice. <laughs> right? Those things are not cheap at all. So I was really appreciative for that lovely shirt. <laughs> Uh, and Rick, Rick Blue is going <laughs> to chow down on some cake pops. Did Stan bring the cake pops yes. too? Oh, wow. Seriously, so much good stuff. Thank you, Stan. Yes. yes thank you, Stan. <laughs> yeah, I loved my Jaguar shirt, even though now it's a losing Jaguar shirt, but I feel like... Hey, nothing has changed, though. Well, <laughs> years oh, you mean you wore history. it when they lost. Right, oh. right. I was really oh. hoping, like, Which new shirt, turn of yeah. events. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But again, like, that would be, like, at least... Over fifty percent of all of our Jaguar <laughs> attire. So you About just got five shirts. Here's hoping yeah. for the last few years. Pink Jaguar cups from my mama. So thanks, mama. Thank you, yeah, Mrs. Thanks, Mrs. Baloo. Thank you, Mrs. Baloo. Maybe they'll be winning. We cups. love them. They're Maybe. pink hologram cups. <laughs> I think they're fantastic. All right, uh, we have a Peterbrook chocolate heel to give away tonight. So we want to let you know how you can win that. All you have to do is think hard about your sweetest memory from 2015. The sweetest moment, sweetest memory that you have. It can be sports related. It can be non-sports related. And text it into the Boston Sports Bar and Restaurant text line. That's 904-641-1010. And we will monitor those throughout the show. And a little bit of surprising news in the world of college football. Baylor is beating North Carolina 21 to 10 with about two and a half minutes left to go in the first half. If you had asked me to predict that game, I would have picked North Carolina big with all the struggles that Baylor had late and then the resurgence of North Carolina's offense. I picked Baylor. Did you? Yeah. Would you pick them in? Is it something that counts? Um, bragging rights. On the Frank Frangie show. I'll take those all day, every day. I've been um, in fourth place, just ahead of Brent Martineau, which is a big deal to me <laughs> that I'm not last. Who is? So he's last. And Big Country okay. is picking two, which is why I'm fourth. Right. He's okay. fifth. Right. Um, so I'm trying to keep that going. I and understand. And I, I picked Baylor, so we'll see if they can finish it out. Well, and speaking of bragging rights, um, Amanda, so far you are winning our bet. I was here going to ask show. about that. <laughs> yes. It's so unlike me to win a bet. Well, it's not over yet. If well, I know. the Jags win this weekend against the Texans, then technically I win. But either way, you haven't lost and you can't lose. So that's good okay. news for you. Wait, so what happens with these two <laughs> knuckleheads? That they have to predict this week. They have to predict the final score of the Jags Texans game, and whoever comes closer to the final score is the so tonight third place they have person. to predict that. So 
They have to predict it this week before the game. It does not have to be okay. tonight on air. What do you mean? Of course it has to be tonight on air. When else would they predict it before the well, game? I mean, we have things called email and text Well, and I know that our <laughs> listeners would like to hear their predictions. That's very true. I'm not going to put that much pressure on them. Since I'm there could putting be a lot this of, much pressure on Well, there could be a lot you. of injuries that come up over the next few days that okay, you're not sure about now. Fine. And I want to be true well, to... Well, you guys are getting out easy I have this no idea what the score in this game is going to look like. <laughs> I really don't. Well, especially because as of right now, we really aren't... And we may not know until Sunday, the game day, but... The we starters... Don't know Right, the quarterback that's playing. Yeah, I read an article this morning by Hayes Carline of the Times Union, um, and I for some reason thought that it was Ryan O'Halloran that tweeted it. So I tweeted later, like, "Good job, Ryan O'Halloran," but really it was to Hayes Carline. Either way, the important part is Hayes wrote that Shad Khan needed to come out and say if Gus Bradley is going to remain the coach because if he doesn't, then Gus is still in theory fighting for his job and he's going to play all these starters. Yes, and now that Shad Khan has come out and confirmed Gus Bradley will be back in 2016. That way they could rest all of the players that they really need, you know, for moving forward and building the, to continue building the foundation of the team. So good job by Hayes really calling that. And I don't know if he got tipped off or not, probably not, but (laughs) either way, it was a smart move. All right, let's get to some Miko Grimes, which Rick Blue will be listening to as he drives home. Blythe, as always, set up the story. Okay, so Miko Grimes, the wife of Dolphins, I think he's a cornerback, Mm -hmm. Brett Grimes down in Miami. She was a little bit of background on her. She was arrested earlier this year for entering a part of the Miami Dolphins stadium where I guess she wasn't allowed to go. Um, They arrested her on assault and battery charges, which were later dropped. Um, Since then, she had a radio show at that time. Uh, She was let go after the charges. Um, But since then, she's always been very vocal on Twitter. Um, And so whenever the Dolphins lost on Sunday against the Colts, she went into a tirade on Twitter expressing her opinions. Um, She got some backlash back. Uh, She in particular was targeting Ryan Tannenhill, quarterback for the Dolphins. And a lot of people, especially the local media for the Dolphins, took exception to it. And they started a little bit of a back and forth. Um, And Miko pretty much just let the tweets fly. And there was, there, yep. there was a lot of profanity. There was a lot of profanity, which she did kind of, you know, apologize for and say, you know, look, if I still had my radio show, then you would have heard exactly what I thought or what I think without the profanity. She was like, but since I'm on Twitter, I'm just going to let him fly. And that's just that's just me. That's just the way I talk. Um, so since then, there's been a lot of people who have been screenshotting her tweets and sending them out to various members of the media around the country. And of course, someone, you know, someone around the country who sees one tweet is going to judge her, I think, based on her entire character off one tweet, which is a little bit unfair. Um, but some of her criticisms, I thought, were, were sort of fair against Ryan Tannenhill and against the local media who doesn't want to, I guess, target Ryan Tannenhill uh, for Basically, I guess the subpar for performance. He's been in the league for about four years now and hasn't really done much. And I think her biggest criticism was, I guess, versus the practice squad, uh, he didn't complete a single pass. And he's, Which, uh, this is also the same guy who, who criticizes his the, the defensive practice squad players that they intercept him. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, you have you know someone like a Tom Brady who will give somebody 100 bucks if right. they intercept him. So it's sort of a... a, a a back and forth, I guess, with Miko. I, I think a lot of people are, are uncomfortable with her, I guess, boisterous personality. Is that, I guess, a good word that I could say? But what do you guys think? Did you guys see the tweets or are you guys blocked from her as well? Blocked from her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw the tweets. I think she's completely out of line. 
whether or not she believes that, that's fine. Have the conversation at home with your husband. You know, go crazy in text to your friends. Something that's not going out to where now the national media is talking about it and potentially could cause damage to the relationship between the Dolphins and Brent Grimes. That's my biggest fear about it. You know, when you go on that public of a stage with someone that's in the media as much as NFL players are, you're really putting at risk a lot of different things, including your own character, but also the career potentially for your husband. And that's that's the thing like, hey, we all have some things at work that we'd like to change, but I don't know that anyone would ever, let's say Amanda's husband, you know, in theory would ever go on Twitter and start bashing 1010 for things. That's where I think, you know, it can be handled in a much more professional manner. I mean, you're you're correct, Lauren. Now, now if Brent Grimes ends up somewhere else, he's going to have a tough time getting a job somewhere else because now they're a package deal. Right. You know what? You have to deal with his wife. Do you want to deal with that? And like, you know, Ray Rice or any other guy that, all right, you're going to have baggage with that player. Now you have baggage because of the wife. I loved what they talked a little bit about it on Jaguars today that, earlier today and <laughs> they asked Logaman about it and he goes you know I heard Dempsey say well she's a class act I'm like exactly like no one wants to deal with somebody like that no one wants to deal with that Grant Grimes would, does I and you know it's insane <laughs> Logaman was you know Dempsey asked Logaman have you ever dealt with you know any players wives like this when you were playing he goes no like you don't he and he specifically said I'm so I feel so bad for the Dolphins. I feel so bad for that team that they have to deal with that. I, I think there's bigger problems for the Dolphins to worry about as far as organizationally wise. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think Miko is a little bit different in that she's been studying football. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't care how <laughs> she's, much, I don't care how knowledgeable she is. Yeah, this she's doesn't have rude. anything to do with yeah. She is she's rude. just too loud. I don't condone her behavior. I understand the whole free speech thing. You can say whatever you want, especially on Twitter. And she's used to vocalizing her opinion especially being a part of the media and being on a radio show so that's her shtick and I guess Brent Grimes kind of knew what he was getting into when he married her so I'm not placing blame on him but I don't think the Dolphins should penalize a player for his wife's actions yeah but that's it's not, not the fair. first time so I'm sorry something's gotta go absolutely Something. but are you gonna get rid of a player that He's not a great player. No, he's not. And that's what I was trying not to find the word. Not that many players on the Dolphins are. No. <laughs> right. Is she, and I completely agree with you. Like, Tannehill, my father-in-law cannot stand him, and he's an, a huge Dolphins fan. So he can't wait until they say goodbye right. to Tannehill. Uh, so I agree with her on the points that she's making. Everyone agrees with her. The way she says it. Well, exactly. I, I, I think to, to sort of give a little, because I follow her. I, I, I followed her before the arrest. Um, and so anybody who followed her before the arrest, she she put her account on, on private. So you can't follow her if you wanted to, unless she approves oh. you. So that's why a lot of the national media can't see the context of what she was saying. And if you... It, it was a conversation that she's having with a bunch of fans and a bunch of people online that are then coming for her and, and in a sense, attacking her. And at first, you know, it starts out as a normal conversation. But as people start coming at her, then she starts getting defensive. And that's when she gets a little bit of a mouth on her. And so I kind of I, I kind of feel for her there. Like some of the things that she's saying, like I, those words would never come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like a, a player's wife, even if she is a, a, a player's wife, she's allowed to have a, a a viewpoint. She's allowed to voice her opinion. She's a fan at the end of the day, and her best interests are in regards to her husband. So if she wants to voice them, I, I say voice them. But with free speech, 
it doesn't mean you, it goes without penalty. And I think a lot of teams will look at that mm-hmm. and say like, oh, well, this is an extra added baggage that you have to bring along. But as we've seen with other players, if you're good enough, no one's going to care. No one's going to care about that added. The other thing, though, that is a little scary from the organization's perspective is this woman has access to more information than the media, Mm -hmm. than all other fans for the most part. And so that's where it becomes that kind of tricky scenario where is she getting more information and then she's going to almost use that against the Dolphins if it came down to it. But we will uh, continue our discussion on Miko Grimes. We have that chocolate heel to give away. So text us your sweetest moment and we will return with our studs and duds coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFinders Homes on 10th and XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Well, I had a feeling that the Miko Grimes topic would be interesting, and uh, the break confirmed it because we haven't stopped talking about her. One quick breaking news note, uh, waiting to find out more information, but the Eagles have announced that they have fired... Coach Chip Kelly, according to CBSSports.com. More information as we hear it. But uh, that's certainly an interesting story. And then also uh, development in the Baylor-North Carolina game. It is now 28-17 Baylor with about 35 seconds left in the half in that one. So lots of bowl games going on tonight. There's a bunch of college basketball on tonight with Florida-Florida State. So yep. man and I hate each other tonight, um, <laughs> as usual. Bit. Not as um, much as football. Yeah, yeah, I would say weird. before I worked for UNF, I was a I was a huge Florida college basketball person, like locked in my evenings, you know, really? but now I have a different team to follow. So they kind of go, I do have a better team to follow. <laughs> you got that right. So they kind of go on the back burner. So yeah. I'll watch here and there, but I'm not locked in like I once was. And like I said earlier, uh, North Florida men's basketball plays VCU tomorrow night at seven o'clock, which will be a really interesting mm-hmm. game. VCU is another good mid-major. Um, all right. So. Let's wrap up the Miko Grimes story. My philosophy, the woman, as knowledgeable as she may be, needs a better way or or in a more articulate way to communicate her thoughts, her feelings, to keep it professional. And even if not, quote unquote, professional because she's not employed by anyone, she at least needs a way that's above board, an appropriate way to say things. You can say the same kind of thing that she's tweeting, you know, negative stuff about some of the media guys, you can say that and say, I think these guys are morons. You can say that and no one's going to get mad at you. People are still going to talk about it. People are still going to be interested in the story. But if you say it, you know, in the way that she said it, and I can't even come close to saying that on air. So if you don't know it, just look it up. Um, can't look it up because she's protected. Well, she is, but lots the of the story, stories about yeah. her. If you just search you Miko Grimes, it. Ryan Tannehill, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll figure it out. But that's my thought on it. Um, she's she's an interesting character, though, for well, sure. Well, she did say in one of her tweets that if she had a radio show still and wasn't let go from it a few months ago, then you would have heard all of those opinions free of profanity. So, And, I, I'm, and I'm sure with her and That's her kind of lightning excuse. rod personality. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I say things on Twitter that I would never say on air. It's a, I say things in front of my grandparents that I wouldn't I wouldn't have that sort of... Yeah, I think you change your, your conversation and the tone of your conversation, who you're talking to and who the audience is. I will say, um, if Miko Grimes needs an outlet, she could easily do a podcast or an yeah, online stream in the works, or something actually. like that. All right, good. So because it, there's there's her outlet if she, yeah. if that's what she's saying she absolutely needs. So I mean, in the middle of the game, start a 200 page article. I don't know, you know. <laughs>
know, post, right. whatever Start it is. Start a blog. To something, something that, yeah. that gets it out. And Blythe, you get that, you know, from writing as much as you do. Like, if someone really makes you angry at work, you're not going to blast them on, you know, you're not going to go to a news station and go do a report and be like, this person, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like I said, there's just a better way to handle it. But that's there's my a, Especially for traffic wise. Like, keep those opinions to yourself, <laughs> put them all in an article and then send it out. Exactly. My See? other thing, aside from her being inappropriate and whatever, I can get past that. I think it is so disrespectful to her husband that she is jeopardizing possibly his livelihood. Like you, uh, someone that isn't married to an NFL player would, like you said, Lauren, like never try and do anything to have her husband lose his job. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening here. And that's so disrespectful. Well, I will counter that with whenever he played in Atlanta, it was because of Miko Grimes and him and her coaching him that led him to a Pro Bowl level of where he's playing at now because she's analyzed film since she was 10 years old. I think her uncle was a corner uh, and and low levels low levels of football so she knows the game and she taught brent different coverages and 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 how to play the ball and 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 certain things like that and so that led to his big time contract with the miami dolphins that's fantastic but this is not (laughs) now he needs to teach her how to communicate her point that's all i'm all about i'm all about an equal relationship you know when someone when more than one person is talking about Brent Grimes and saying, dude, I feel bad you're married to that. Yeah. That's bad. That's when the relationship has soured and something needs to happen. What is, what should he care about what anybody else says about his relationship? Because when it's blasted all over the place and it's in your face all the time, I'm sure he cares if his teammates are like, oh dude, like you got to put your wife on a leash. I'm sure he's gotten plenty of those comments. I'm sure a little bit of that, but I think they have bigger things to worry about in Miami than what a player's wife is saying. I would be concerned for the way the world is today and crazy fanatic dolphins folk, you know, seeing her and, and then attacking her, whether Going it's verbally, her, physically, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what would scare verbally me. Verbally like, is already hey. happening online. It's been happening since she, sure. she criticized Tannehill on Sure, on but Sunday. like imagine walking into the grocery store and someone starts screaming at you and that's like the least of what I'm talking about. That's what would concern me right. is, is more of her safety when it comes to him. Alright, let's get to some studs and duds, ladies. Murph, we're going to start with you. Who's your stud? I'm going to go personal. Okay. On this one. I like I know it. That our email, you said you and I might have the same, but I was like, ah, I don't think so. Okay, definitely not. Um, I'm going to go with my husband. Yeah. And that is because I would have done this last week if I was here, but we just moved. So basically, my Christmas present was a house. You know? It's a pretty good Christmas it's present. Pretty good present. Yeah. I can't. My husband, I, I tell him almost daily, I, I love you so much. You're the most perfect person. Um, but he's just so, he's so wonderful and magical and everything so for the end of you know 2015 for us to be in you know our dream house and what i think is our cute little family you know it's just perfect for me yeah that's that's amazing amazing. (laughs) i love it and it's not just what you think it is a cute family (laughs) y'all are adorable all right, Blythe, good luck. I'm coming I, I know. <laughs> I'm going to go totally superficial. Last, I I, my set of the week is going to be uh, Jets quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
I think with the way that the jet season started with Geno Smith getting sucker punched and sort of it looking like a disaster already, Ryan Fitzpatrick stepped in. He's won five games in a row for the Jets. They just beat their arch rival in overtime. He led the team down and, and scored against the Patriots, defending Super Bowl champions. And they're going to have their first playoff berth in, since 2010, I believe. Mm, so, yeah. And man. he has a glorious beard. I was going to say, it's the beard. Let's he be honest. So, he could have. All of that. I'm, I'm going to He trimmed it. They haven't officially made I the playoffs. Like, I like it better that it's trimmed. Right? Yeah. Have they officially <laughs> made the playoffs? I, I think they do. They're going to lead their first uh, playoff berth. I think that win, that overtime win, sealed Hel- it for them, I believe. Uh, I don't think so. I think it helped them. Possible. Because two people still have to win out. If the Chiefs win out and the Steelers win out, it doesn't matter what the Jets do. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no. Um, Article than- I read earlier said first playoff since 2010. Could be. I think it's on their way to their first playoff. Okay. I think. I'll do some research. <laughs> I wish I could I do know. the Google search right now, but right, my so internet York, is not working. The New York Jets clinch a playoff win with a New York Jets win, obviously, um, or tie, or Pittsburgh Steelers loss or tie. Yeah. So there you go. How about that loss by Pittsburgh last week? <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> All right, Amanda. My stud is a stud at. Does that count? Of course. Okay. So um, don't be surprised about this, but it is a Florida State student uh, female who is a stud flag football player. You may have seen her video all over the internet. She has this highlight reel that includes 38 avoided tackles. um, And she's had lots of different NFL players, college players comment on how amazing she is. She even tweeted Jimbo hoping that he would consider her for a quarterback. He never got back to her. I'm not really sure why. Um, But it's just really cool to see her be so awesome. And if you watch her video, she is incredible. She's not just a girl playing football. I put air quotes up. Her nicknames are Reggie Bush Roke and Michelle Vick because her name's Michelle Roke. Um, So I just thought that was cool. I don't know if she'll play professionally like in a women's league or anything like that. Um, But she gives autographs on campus all the time. She's a hot shot. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. But how can you avoid tackles if it's flag football? Well, you avoid people pulling That's, the flag. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> I just wondered. I'm like, sorry. Uh, so have you ever played powder puff or flag football? I played football, yeah. High school. I played powder puff and flag football. We made it to states my senior year of flag football. Nice. What position did you play? Um, I was the end, and I also blocked a little bit. you're massive? Right? Huge. <laughs> Listen. In flag football, a DN just rushes the quarterback. Sure. We don't like, we're not So you're saying you're strong. fast and quick and agile. Um, was. And your bulldog. Was. Right. <laughs> was. Right. My glory days have um, ended. Oh, They've that's ended. too bad. Um, yeah. I played powder puff in high school. Our soccer coach didn't want us to play. So my junior, she didn't let me. Um, and then we had a different coach senior year, so I got to play senior year. I was running back. I had the most fun I'd probably ever had. Oh, playing I sport. love it! Absolutely it's loved so it. Fun. Seniors yeah. against juniors, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we yeah. we you like guys barely end up hating won. each other like for that whole week. Right? Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, but it's so where did this fun. hatred come from? <laughs> it's so but fun. It, yeah, it made me wish that I had played some sort of flag football like my whole life. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just there's such an adrenaline mm-hmm. rush of people coming at yeah. you and avoiding them. I wasn't as good as this girl. Well, they used to have those Nike air it out tournaments every single year. So my dad, my brother, uh, we would all play in those. I love they it. They're a lot of fun. Um, a question that I have thought about just now. If the four of us raced, who do you think would come in first? Not me. You? Not me. 
You think me? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I guess it depends on how far we're going, but I don't know. But I will say that um, one of my recent additions to my training regimen that I just recently started has been doing sprints in case this ever comes up. Oh. Not with us necessarily. I'm not like doing any general. more bets with you, Lauren. <laughs> right? I changed the rules. All right. So here's why I thought you might have my stud done on why I had to pick two, but I actually was afraid you might have either one. Tom Brady is my number one stud this week, and it's because he hosted cancer patients. She's eight years old. She was just diagnosed with leukemia. Haley Stewart. She was diagnosed for the second time, which... If you've ever known anyone with cancer, you know that first time and then they go into remission and you're you know, so thankful and you just pray that they stay cancer free. And unfortunately, that is not the case for her. And so I'm sure that her parents are just going through a horrendous time. And of course, this is even closer to our hearts, thanks to the J Fund. Um, my other stud was going to be Keenan Reynolds, the Navy quarterback. And so I was afraid, like I said, that yeah. you know we might be sharing. But uh, nope. he broke the FBS record for rushing touchdowns um, in their win yesterday so which by the way like a couple weeks ago when they played their last regular season mm-hmm. game we noticed their helmets and my brother noticed he texted me last night he goes those helmets are badass i said i know <laughs> yeah those and are we great were paying they attention are. because they would give you descriptions okay this one is this and my husband's like where's my ship where's my <laughs> ship hey, it was great, though, but props to them because that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, whoever had that idea, yeah. I thought it was absolutely genius. And by the way, we did announce it earlier in the break, but yes, we know breaking news, Chip Kelly has been fired. Yes. Yes. Chip More Kelly, on that bye-bye. as we find it out. All right, we are going to come back with our duds. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now excuse me if I sound rude, but I love the way that you move and I see me all over you now. Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. I don't know. I don't know either. But it sounds good. Scott, can you please enlighten us on the artist, please? Oli Mers. Oh, Oli Mers. I love him. There we go. <laughs> Never heard of him. We have selected songs for the show, and we're not always sure of <laughs> singing them. But says the user is Amanda Borges. So I don't know who put it in. For people who What's don't have me? Spotify, it's literally What's like me? the greatest thing in the world. I've been plugging so it for years. Yeah, because I pay nine ninety nine a month, and I get mm-hmm. as much music as I want. There's very few artists who are not on it. And I can drive all over town, all over the country, and have my playlist available yep. offline, so I never have to use data, if that's a concern for you. And then you can find playlists that other people make. You can create your own unlimited. It's amazing. And now we have our own Helmets and Heels playlist. And that we, we do, do, which is very exciting. And Amanda added some Bieber <laughs> uh, last week. What? So. I'm so happy. I Listen, I'm trying to oh broaden my, my musical spectrum. Oh, so we're going backwards. Bieber? <laughs> no, that's all. Bieber's new album is fire. <laughs> It's it's pretty I will Dude. say from the non pop loving, non Bieber loving camp, um, it's not as bad as it could be. Right. But, but it's it's fire. It's Are you gonna good. see Biebs when he's here? No, I don't oh. care about him that much. I just, uh, it's just my gosh. Sure. Him and Manzel need to just go away. <laughs> Donald's sending Together, to another just planet. Go away. Together on an island. Yes. I right, Demer, before we get to our studs, can you um tell us some yeah, our duds, thank you. Um I just like studs better than duds. Um can you I always have a hard time coming up with my dud. It's the studs that are easy. Me too. Um, yeah, we're so positive, right? We are. <laughs> Look at us. Not me. I got no problem coming up with my duds. We know our duds right away. <laughs> Um, can you please tell us some sweetest memories that have been texted into the Boston Sports Bar and Restaurant text line? Yes. Um, one, I love this. My sweetest memory.
summary of 2015 is my wife setting four positive pregnancy tests stripped down strips down beside me after the week one loss against the Carolina Panthers. So happy oh. New Year, John. Oh, and then another fantastic. one was uh, my sweetest memory was when we had our wedding reception in the Terrace Suites at Everbank Stadium nice. this past May. All groomsmen wore the new season Jags hats and the Jumbotron lit up the night. Wow. Those are great. So continue to text those to us. Your sweetest memory. It can be sports related or non-sports related Mm -hmm. to the Boston Sports Bar and Restaurant text line 904-641-1010. We are going to continue to read through those. And the one that we decide that wins, we'll get a Peterbrook chocolate heel. If you haven't seen those yet on Twitter or if you haven't won one yet, trust me, you want to. Mm -hmm. They look amazing Mm -hmm. and they taste just as amazing. All right. Let's get to our duds. Dun, dun, dun. D-Murph. Uh, my dud is going to be Chris Mortensen. <laughs> and this may be in a lot in part because, I don't know, yeah, I'm biased being a Pats fan and all and completely hated Deflategate and everything that he caused. Sure. Um, so now that this whole Hal Jazeera report that has nothing, nothing to do with Peyton, it has all to do with his wife. Except the problem I had about it was ESPN reported it. I watched Sunday NFL Countdown. I don't know if you ladies did. Mm-hmm. I did. We saw him reporting on it. We saw him talk about it. Said it on the ticker at the bottom. Nobody knew that the guy recanted his story until Leslie Saunders, Lisa Saunders, interviewed Peyton, and he said, "Well, the guy recanted the story. Why is this even a story?" So then they cut back to ESPN. They cut back to the Countdown, and they go, "Oh yeah, by the way." The guy recanted his story. So Chris Mortensen, who failed to take down Brady, is trying apparently now to take down Manning. He needs he needs to get in that little box of Manning uh, or Manziel and Bieber and just go away. Don't you think it might be a little curious that the movie Concussion released over the weekend and suddenly Chris Mortensen is dropping more quote unquote insider information? I think the to deflect. T- no, I think the timing of this, which is Oh, so close to the timing of when Deflategate happened last year. And now the Broncos are moving into the playoffs. I just, I don't know what his issue is. I don't know. I just talk about it with my mom. She goes, well, he just wants to be the one to break the story. I go, well, he's breaking the wrong story. Right. He broke the wrong story last year. He's breaking another wrong story. I don't believe this story. I don't believe it at all. I think it has no merit. I think it has no legs. I watched the Today Show this morning. And the reporter for Al Jazeera was on there and she said, we are not defaming Peyton Manning. We don't mention Peyton Manning. We mentioned that, yes, HGH was sent to his wife. That's all we mm-hmm. mentioned. Everybody else is making a story about Peyton, including Chris Mortensen. So that to is me, my... That, that's a pretty clear cut story. You mm-hmm. have drug tests that can confirm or deny whether or not he took it. Mm-hmm. Well, with HGH in particular, it leaves your system within two hours. So it's almost impossible it's, to it's test hard. for it. Yeah, she said... It's you have to be very reckless and very stupid to test positive for this. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because when this happened, it was in 2011 and HGH was not implemented into the NFL. So it wouldn't the NFL can't do anything about it. They can't. It was on the banned substance list, I think, since nine since the early 90s. But it wasn't they weren't testing for it until 2014. Right. So it wouldn't even Mm -hmm. matter. And it's it's not a performance enhancing drug. Mm -hmm. It's a healing aid. Mm -hmm. Right. Which I think Mark Cuban is also funding a study. To, to see the benefits of HGH, which I think is a whole other discussion. Yeah. And he has plenty of money to mm-hmm. do it. All right, why let's not? hear your dud. Good one, Donna. My dud is sort she's of a smiling. funny one. I don't know why she's <laughs> smiling. Okay, I'm excited. St. Louis defensive end, William Hayes, 
He strongly oh. believes <laughs> that dinosaurs yeah. never walked the earth. Okay. His but. best friend on the team, Chris Long, he says he thinks that archaeolo- archaeologists place bones underground like a parent would place Easter eggs. <gasps> <He's>, <laughs> this is him saying this. This is defensive end for, for St. Louis, William Hayes. He said they just planted them. It's a large conspiracy. And he doesn't believe that dinosaurs ever existed. And he thinks that mermaids are real because we haven't explored the ocean. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Amanda's all on board with the mermaids. But um, I thought that that's great. Uh, has, he that. has he never seen Jurassic Park? I mean, come on. That's a lot of the photos that were floating around today. was like the picture of the T-Rex from Jurassic yes, Park and a bunch I of question marks. I didn't know what it was for because I didn't do research on it. I'm a fantastic journalist. Um, on that the mermaid so thing really quick. Do you remember Animal Planet? Yes. I fell for it. Okay. Animal Planet, a couple of years ago, I think, mm-hmm. aired a whole show trying to prove mermaids are real. Okay. And they tried to use what looked like real life experiences. And it's like the faux humanities, I think is what yes, they're called. But they make it so real. And it's like a documentary. And it seems real, and I fell for it because it seemed so real. But I'm here to tell you, mermaids do not exist. Sadly, they do not exist. <laughs> Little Mermaid is based on a true story. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, oh there, isn't there a place in Florida, what is it, Silver Springs or something that has the mermaids? Wiki Watchy. It's yeah, like 30 there we minutes go. from where I'm from. Yeah, there you go. Did you ever go? Um, not to the watch. mermaid place, but I've be been like, there take, to like go kayaking. That'd be like taking another little kid to Disney World. That would have been you going to Wikiwachi. Wikiwachi. Yeah. I should go swim with the mermaids. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Or you just go to Disney World. They have that new Ariel's Grotto. Oh. Pretty cool. I love that he doesn't believe in dinosaurs. I think that's so <laughs> I think awesome. it's hilarious. Why do you... I love how people choose to not believe things. I think it's it's fantastic. Um, and I love to hear people's reasoning as to why they don't believe in them. There's, um, I know somebody in real life who thinks that the dinosaurs were placed... A big conspiracy that dinosaur bones were placed here by the government. I love that. To make this us not believe in God. I love that. I think that's layer that we so have on. funny. But... but what? Two times. I know. That's why it's my dad because really it's so funny. I mean, they're thinking that it's a conspiracy. The dinosaur bones are placed somewhere. Did where do they think the dinosaur bones came from? They were they made were placed by the government. But they were just created in yeah. a factory. Yeah, and like, when we you can test them with, science, with when scientists <laughs> test them that they're hundreds and hundreds of year old years old, like we can it's test true. a tree. I mean, realistically, that, that was one of his quotes. He's like, "How do we know what a T Rex ate?" But we know that for sure. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. It just gets better and better oh, as you read so the story. T Rex ate a goat. We all saw Jurassic Park one. Oh, I don't know if you have. <laughs> I love that he questions it. I just think it's fantastic. I've never even thought enough into dinosaurs no. to question their existence. I've thought a lot about them as far as like how they became extinct and stuff, but never that they didn't exist. But Is this you coming know. from? Did he watch the movie The Good Dinosaurs? No, it was just a uh, story that I saw earlier. I guess him and Chris Long are, are, are good friends, and they were talking to a reporter about the story, and they were just kind of feeding off each other. It was That's great. Awesome. And Chris Long so awesome. is pretty smart. Um, in general. But anyway, I think he went to Virginia, if I, if I remember correctly. All right. Amanda, who's your dad? Um, my this dad. makes me nervous to ask her. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought long and hard about this. And this kind of goes along with Donna's. But my <laughs> dad is Al Jazeera. Mm. Because they based their story off of one source who was an intern for three months. 
Now, interns in different industries mean different things. So an intern at this radio station might be a college student that hasn't yet gotten their degree. However, an intern, like an engineering intern already has their degree and they are paid. So they might be a higher end intern, whatever. So I'm not judging this source because he is an intern. However, he was there for three months. Um, they came out with this based on what he said. He then recanted. Um, and then Al Jazeera went on with it. And I know that they never mentioned Peyton Manning, mm -hmm. but to bring his wife into it, what else are you trying to get to? You know, like that's, you can't sit back and say, oh, well, we never, we never said Peyton Manning took this. Well, you said his wife did. So you insinuated that he took it as well. It's just this whole big thing. I did read that they're, they're having to do a lot of layoffs because they're based in... Uh, Qatar. Uh, right. And I guess Qatar. Uh, Qatar. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Am I supposed to know how to pronounce that? <laughs> or Qatar. Yeah. yeah we're supposed to wrong. know that? Um, no, you're fine. But I guess that they're, because oil prices have dropped so dramatically and they're based there, they've lost a lot of money. And so they're having to cut a lot of staff. So my first reaction was, oh, clickbait. That's exactly why. Yeah. Because now everybody or the majority of Americans who never knew what Al Jazeera was now know what they are. That's so, true. It kind of yeah. worked. I get it, but you can't defame someone right. of such high stature in this country. Because now Peyton, his reputation is ruined. And but I even almost if he think does. it's not. Because I, I haven't talked to anyone around here that ever even blinked at this and mm -hmm. said, oh my gosh, I'll never look at Peyton the same again. No. no. Everyone's like, oh, who cares? He didn't do it. They're not... It's kind of the same well. as like the Patriots and Tom Brady. Either you hate them and yeah. this gives you ammo or you're going to defend them to the death. I guess you're right. All I can say is finally somebody else is like getting the attention. <laughs> welcome, welcome to a Patriots fan world. Thank you. Yeah, I just see a funny Broncos tweet though that said leave Colts it to Patriots fans, fans to, to make this Manny story about them. <laughs> I'm defending him. I don't think he I did thought it. it was just funny. You know, it's just thank you. But it is, yeah, it is oh, funny. Oh, gosh. The stud of the week for me is DeMarcus Cousins. He, not that I watch NBA, so I didn't see this live, but I will tell you what he did. First of all, he fouled three times in the first quarter. And then he started to get on the refs, got a technical foul. What do most players do when they get a technical foul? They sit their butt down and they shut their mouth. Instead, he started to almost physically go after the ref, had to be restrained by his own team, and got another technical foul and was ejected oh. from the game. You're such an idiot, DeMarcus. Like, come on, man. That's and not like him, is it? Uh, he is not, uh, he's not a very, I would say, smart player when it comes to his mouth and okay. things that he says on the court. Yeah, he gets into a lot of trouble. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other referees that could tell you things that he said that maybe don't make it publicly. But he plays the Sacramento Kings, in case you don't know, and they lost that game to the Warriors as well. They should have. All right. Well, we have to say goodbye to D. Murph at this point. But uh, we're going to talk some Eric Weddle and the situation where he was fined. And we'll tell you that's why. Correct, by the way. I, that's why I wanted to mention <laughs> while you were here. That's coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFunders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
Hamilton Hills, built by Dream Finders Homes, rolls on on a Tuesday. Hard to believe 2015 is almost done. Only one Jaguars game left. Sometimes you think, wow, it's been a long season, especially when you work in the realm of football. But other times you look back and you go, I remember getting dressed for the very first Hillgate. Or I remember Mm -hmm. for you, Amanda, your very first interview that was live for Tailgate reporting. Or I remember the first touchdown that we scored or the first time we won at Everbank Field. So it is a little crazy to think like, the home games are done and now we only have one more game. And for me personally on Sunday, it was a little difficult to kind of kill time, so to speak, for those extra three hours that we had. I'm so, you know, so used to that one o'clock start that it was like, now what do we do? <laughs> right. There's like an extra few oh, hours. Not me. I have so many projects to work on. <laughs> so I was busy up until kickoff and I was working during the whole game too. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That was not at all me. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I kicked back, and I will say I watched that game differently than I've watched every other game this season. There was a level of non-emotion out of yes, me. Yes, I will definitely say agree with you. Like, when, when I mean, you get down 24 nothing. I wasn't pissed Mm-mm. at all. I was like, ah, this is about what I expected facing such an elite quarterback, and now we're going to deal with, you know, this come the offseason is, is to work on the defense. And, you know, when we scored touchdowns, it was like, hey, high five, high five. But it wasn't like, yes, let's right. do this, yeah. you know. So, yeah. but that was my take. And we will definitely get to some Jag stuff here in a minute. First, let's talk about Chargers defenseman Eric Weddle. He's a safety that plays for San Diego. And he was fined for not going into the locker room and staying out on the field while his daughter performed at halftime. And what was she doing? Dancing? Yeah, I think cheerleading. Chilling. Okay. okay. So, Amanda, you've performed at halftime before <laughs> at a Super Bowl. Yes. And by perform, you mean stand <laughs> in the crowd with a glow stick. Yes. That's a performance. Yeah, I rocked that performance. Well, own it. I was so good. Well, so Superstar here's the thing. Status, <laughs> think really. about. Think about if you had done, um, I already have it. Right. Um, It's on my pillow. So think about if your father had been on an NFL team in the Super Bowl, and let's say you were doing something a little more than holding a glow stick, (laughs) per se. You were actually a featured performer. I was also 18 years old, so it's like I was a little kid that was super... And his daughter was, what, 10? So I think... Take the fine. You did the absolute right thing as a parent to be out there for your daughter. The rest of your life, you'll be able to say that you saw that. And yes, $10,000 is a lot to you and me. But for someone that plays in the NFL, it's, you know, that's a piece of chocolate cake for the rest of the world. (laughs) To me, it speaks really badly on the Chargers organization. 100%. This is an organization that is using its fan base as leverage to move their team to another city and you take a guy that has given you his heart and soul, who's got a couple Pro Bowls under his belt, and he wants to watch his daughter play in the final home game. And I know, it, yes, there is a fine, but there's discretion with everything. Yep. And I think the organization could have taken a look at it and said, this guy has done a lot for our organization. We're trying a, a, a PR move, and we want to keep in good graces of the fans. And instead of going after and... and going after a guy's pocketbook or checkbook, I should say, not pocketbook with Eric Weddle. Um, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you, you never know. Man purse, whatever. I, I, I just think it looks bad. And, and to me, it sort of reminds me, do you guys, have you guys ever seen Elf Christmas yes, movie? Yeah, of course. And you know that scene where like the old 
dad is in the office and the guy wants to hear the pitch and his yeah. son is standing in the office like, no, we got no dad. We got to go find buddy. Buddy's missing. And they, the dad tells the, the guy to just sort of kick rocks. Yes. And he leaves. That sort of reminded me of that. So I was like, oh, that's that's Eric Weddle. That's cute. That's really <laughs> cute. Um, I understand where the charters are coming from. The thing I don't agree with with Weddle is that why couldn't you just tell your coach? He didn't tell anyone. Mm. He didn't tell anyone he was going out to watch his daughter. He didn't give a reason. He just wasn't there. So to the Chargers, that's like, hey, you're ditching your team, even though we're up. I think it was 23 to zero or 28 to zero, whatever. Um, And the halftime speech was basically meaningless saying, hey, keep it up. So was it really necessary for him to be in there? No, but just communicate with your coaches what's going on. And he obviously knew before the game his daughter was performing at halftime. Right. So if you're really upset about the fine, you should take a look in the mirror and say, okay, well, I guess I just, I should have told them basically. But I I guess there was a little bit of a battle, I guess you could say, where he was injured. He was placed on IR. I don't know how long ago this was. He thought he was going to travel with the team at some point. They said, hey, there's not enough room for you on the plane since you're on IR. He got pissed off about that. Then he came back and he played, and now this happened. So he's most likely on his way out of San Diego anyway. However, I think that he should have communicated to avoid the fight. Absolutely. I wish he was a little younger because... We could use him. <laughs> we could really... And even though he's not old at 31, it, no. you know, NFL standards, it certainly older than you'd want. You right. know, Chris Clemens was 31 when we signed him yeah. and you know, he could still have so much, two but good solid years in him. He certainly could. And, um, Better than a lot of guys on our roster. That's and sure. he'd be fired up, you know, to yeah. prove something. I don't know. To me, though, the agent doesn't need to tweet out what happened. Right. That's right. where I was like, you're looking for publicity. I think he felt a need to defend Weddle, which I get, but that was almost like the mama bear, papa bear thing, you know, like just step back. Wouldn't have been a story if the agent right. didn't tweet it all out. Exactly. Certainly. It, I don't know. While I agree that he needed to be there for his daughter, I'm sure many, uh, many people would say that this situation has probably happened in the past mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a different way that the other players handled it because we haven't heard about this before. And I, you can't think that this is the first NFL player's kid who performs at a halftime. So did they communicate with their coach and get approved or did they go to the locker room like their job dictates that they need to do? Does it depend on the game? You know, that would be the interesting thing. Yeah. Who knows? I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> exactly. Just like Anchorman says. All right, let's get back to the Jags a little bit because we haven't gotten to them yet. Um, some news came out today with Shad Khan confirming that Gus Bradley will remain the head coach in Jacksonville for 2016. And of course, lots of Jaguar fans are not happy about this. I don't think they should be surprised because Shad Khan came out after the London game when the Jags beat the Bills in surprising fashion. Um, and he said, you know, Gus Bradley's our guy then. So I don't think people necessarily were expecting Shad to fire Gus at this point or even after this weekend's game in Houston. But I will say that lots of people are not happy about it. So, which camp do y'all stand in? Keep Gus, keep Greg Olson, or maybe we really should look at something, especially now in light of the fact that Chip Kelly's fired. His record is better than Gus's. You know, let's start with you, Blythe. For me, it's just such a back and forth, because I'm not I don't I'm not a scout. I, I'm not a you know, a coach in the NFL. I'm not what? an owner in the NFL. What? Not yet, anyways. <laughs> News but, to us. Goals. <laughs> so 
when people are calling for someone's job, I, I sort of reach out to the people that I think would have an opinion or have inside knowledge on this topic. So I reached out to Mike K. He works for, for First Coast News. And I asked him, I said, what makes for a good head coach? And how do you know, like, what is the stopping point for you walking away? And he had some really good points that basically said that, a head coach is more or less a game manager and he's an organizer. He doesn't, the majority of head coaches in the NFL don't call the plays. So if you're looking for someone to blame on the defensive side of the ball, it should be Babbage. And that's the person that I go to as far as why haven't, why is the defense regressed and why have we not have any, why have we not had any players that have been developed in the three years that you've been running it? And in a sense, it's regressed from the past season. So to me, that's where the biggest criticism lies. With Gus, I I, I get that he's you know the the motivator, the sort of the rah rah guy. Um, personally, I sort of like the jerk. That's the head coach. I think that that's the, the, the jerks win more. I mean, if you look at you know somebody like a Bill Belichick, that's the kind of guys who are sort of insane, insanely focused as well. Um, but I'm just I, I'm never gonna be the type to wish that somebody is fired. And for me to come out and say, like, oh, Gus Bradley should be fired right now. He should have been fired after four seasons. I, I think you are what your record says you are. And I'm personally, I'm tired of hearing excuses from the organization. I'm tired of, you know, the, the, the slogans and, you know, stand united and be bold and hop on the Gus bus. Just get me wins. I don't care about anything else. Just get me wins. I don't care how you do it. And if, the people at the top who are informed to make those kind of decisions think that Gus is still the guy, then, okay, it's playoffs or bust. Wow. Can you step Sorry. off your soapbox so I can get on now? <laughs> the floor is yours. No, no, no. That was, no, no, no. <laughs> A lot of fans were angry today on Twitter and, and Brent Martineau answered every one every of them. Every single one. I know. I was sitting right next Bless to him and I'm heart. like, good for you. I very rarely respond um, to people. Um, I'm very happy about this. I had a feeling that he would stick around. The biggest thing for me for a head coach is culture. And Gus Bradley has created this very positive, high energy culture. Like you said, Blythe, jerks win and you just want wins. I see that. But because he's a head coach and because there's this culture here, I think once the personnel the right personnel comes in, that's when the wins come. So you can place the losing blame on Gus all you want, but it's the players who are out there playing. And Gus can be the best coach or the worst coach ever, but if you don't have the right players, you're not going to win. So looking on the defensive side of the ball, it's possible that Babbage will be let go. I don't know much about that at this point, but something has to happen on defense. And for me, it's it's the players when it comes to winning or losing. But when you bring up the players, they play for Gus. Like whenever you talk to players about Gus, I've never heard anything negative ever. And I don't think fans realize how important that is, because if you are excited to play for your coach, I know it's your job and you're getting paid and that's fantastic, but not everyone's motivated by the money. They're in this league because this is their dream. This is what they like to do. And if it's not enjoyable, they can go do something else. I know it pays a lot. I get it. But at the same time, I think it's really important to have a coach that the community likes as a person, that the players like as a person as well. And so generally speaking, I'm pretty sure that 
lots of players, if not all the players, are happy that Gus is coming back next year. But 12 and 35. That's 12 and 35. Yeah, like that I said, the record. Yes, I, That's what's important. I get it. I totally get it. And you're right. As far as playoffs are bust in 2016, you're absolutely right. But don't think for a second that this team doesn't want to win. Do they know how? I don't know. They haven't really figured it out this season. But there are player issues that need to be taken care of. And I don't think that firing Gus would have solved that at all. We came from a place where most NFL franchises don't ever have to deal with. Most franchises have to replace a quarterback here and there. They have to replace their star offensive and defensive players or their playmakers, but they don't usually have to replace the entire team. Right. Jacksonville was in that awful situation where literally almost every position had to be analyzed and revamped. And and that is where I defend Gus and I defend Dave Caldwell because it's really also up to him. At the end of the day, I'm glad Shad Khan came out and said this because there's always going to be that turmoil and it's so much easier for people to be able to do their jobs when they're not constantly looking over their shoulder. The negatives I have for Gus, one of them is just a personal thing for me. To me, his press conferences, he says the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And I love Gus and I love the culture and I love being around that building and the players all feed off of his energy. But say something that means something at some point. Don't be afraid to call a player out at this point when they are making severe mistakes. And don't be afraid to call out if it's yourself or your one of your or core your staff or right exactly like at some point you if you're always talking about consistency and you're always talking about accountability then if you're not playing consistent then hold someone accountable that's been my exactly. biggest gripe is Bench when guys, I right when I read other guys. through when I read through the transcripts <laughs> after every game I am looking for that that piece of anger almost when we lose because and I don't think a coach has to be a jerk to be a winning coach yes the most Famous ones right now may, you know, come off as that, but who knows what they're really like in the locker room. And, right. you know, we've talked to some players that have played for different kinds of coaches and they will all say they want to play for a coach like Gus first and foremost. But to me, I need to be able to grasp something from those those statements. And I want to grasp it from the coach. I don't even care about what the players say. The players are trained to say the same things. Right. But I really want to hear something that that is really meaningful that I say, you know what, you're right. I watched that and that player was awful or that entire game they were awful. And I want you to call them out because that is their job and they deserve to know that the like he benched Devon House. Yeah. And that sent a great message to Devon and Devon has played fantastic since. So where is that though amongst kind of the rest of the team? Exactly. Why hasn't he benched? Yeah, know, and so Clemens I, and Branch earlier in the season. That that was well, a big argument. There. There's no one else to and play that's at those the thing. Positions. That's the other. That's the other positive that I'll give him is he is a defensive mind, and he lost pretty much his defensive line. Yes. And you cannot win in the NFL without a pass rush. And we knew the moment that Fowler Jr. went down that it was going to be left on Senderic, who we weren't even sure if Senderic Marks was going to be able to start the season, and he wasn't. So we're then also, yeah, like you said, dealing with Chris Clemens, who's now, what, 32 or 33. Then we've got Andrew Branch, who's never performed at the level that he should, according to what he was drafted at. And so that's the core of your defense. And then you've got some other players that may not be at the elite levels, but if you have a pass rush, they look a heck of a lot better. And that to me, the moment that he went down, it was like, uh Oh, this season is in serious jeopardy and you can't do anything to fix it at that point either. That's the sad part. Had we known that he was going to tear his ACL like Colvin did, you know, in the senior bowl, we would have been able to refill that or restock that position and all that stuff. So we could go on some more and we certainly will. You are listening to helmets and heels built by dream finders homes on 10, 10 X on a 2.5 FM. 
Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Life, Amanda, and Lauren alongside you on a Tuesday night. We are here until 9 o'clock, and then Fat Tony will be joining us then. We've got some pretty good bowl game football on right now. North Carolina has come storming back against Baylor. It is now 28-24 Baylor, and Baylor does have the ball, so we'll be watching and keeping you posted on that one as things develop. And if you didn't hear earlier, Chip Kelly was officially fired from the Eagles this evening. So lots of good stuff. Let's continue our conversation on the Jags. Ladies, what would you say has been the biggest disappointment for you overall this season? I think without getting into too much detail, because I really don't need to, it's just been the defense. Um, There were a few changes made and a few injuries as well. So I wouldn't say there were high expectations, but I felt like they got progressively worse as the season went on. For me, it was definitely uh, the wins and loss record. I, I think coming into this season, if you would have said, you know, oh, Blake's going to throw for 4,000 yards and we're going to have two wide receivers that, you know, that, that receive 1,000 yards each, I think I would have been ecstatic about it. But the fact that this division has been gift wrapped on a silver platter and handed to the Jaguars and the Jaguars knocked it out of their hands and set it on fire and went and buried it out in my backyard next to my dog. Like that to me is a disgrace. And I, I, I think I'm going to try to not be emotional when I talk about the Jaguars because they do <laughs> make me very heated at times. But this is a team that looks like they're on the way up. And if Gus Bradley can make that defensive coaching higher because he made that Greg Olson choice last year and it worked out for him. So if he can make a key hire to develop the the defense and get some additional scouting and personnel in here, I, I think that his career can be salvaged. So that little bit of optimism going into the offseason, but not much. To me, when you look at the games that the Jaguars lost significantly, it was all against elite quarterbacks. So what do you do as a defense? You try and figure out how you can get to those quarterbacks. And that's the biggest thing that was missing from this team. For me, the defense isn't the most disappointing because I knew going in it was going to have issues along that defensive line, which is just so key nowadays. But for me, the biggest disappointment was actually offensively, surprisingly, considering the offense has done so well this season. I would say my off-season optimism was the highest for Julius Thomas. And I don't think he's had a terrible season by any stretch, but the injury early on to his hand and then his inability to kind of get in the groove with Blake, the fact that he, yes, got some touchdowns scored, but I think he's only scored, I think, four so far this season. I expected him to be our go-to in every red zone opportunity. I expected him to be battling for every ball. Unless he was double teamed, I expected him to be the target. And I just will say I was very disappointed that he didn't come on sooner and have a gazillion touchdowns. That's right, a gazillion. (laughs) Yeah, but no, overall, I mean, I think next year, if you want to be optimistic about it, certainly he'll have more time to get, you know, in sync with Blake and they will be a touchdown-making duo. But I would say that his size and his veteran leadership and the fact of all the touchdowns he's caught in the past, I was expecting more. So that's my disappointment. But you know what? It is what it is. We are at 5-10. and 10. It's we're already looking over. towards the draft. Yep, we're looking towards the draft. And uh, we are going to move 
On uh, speaking like we have mentioned a few times on injuries, let's get to the Fair and Fair injury update brought to you by Fair and Fair. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah, protecting you and your family since 1979. A few Jaguar players sustained injuries during the Saints game on Sunday. Jeremy Parnell sustained a hamstring strain. Luke Jokel has lower back soreness and right knee soreness. Jared Audrick sustained a quad contusion, if I can speak correctly. Contusion above his right knee. He got an MRI at the hospital when they got back. He says... The swelling needs to go down in order for him to play. Um, I did talk with him in the locker room, and um, he's hoping he can play on Sunday. Yeah, I remember reading that he was hopeful about being able to play. Uh, We obviously missed him last week. That was an obvious. And without him against the Texans, I don't like to think of it, so I'm glad he's going to be back. in hot. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Jaguars players on the defensive side of the ball take some notes as to how J.J. Watt <laughs> does it because he certainly sets the bar. Yep. Biggest cry baby in sports. I would say this could be argued for days on end because everybody has that one person that they're just, you know, they're just not a fan of. They just dislike that every time that person's name is mentioned, they just kind of want to punch them in the face um, or at least, you know, flick them in the arm. So, Blythe, biggest crime in sports. This topic is going to come about because LeBron James, during a game, looks over and a woman behind him does the crybaby face with her hands, that motion, and he catches her while she's doing it. And if you haven't seen the video, it's fantastic because she doesn't know what to do. And she just kind of looks at her friend in like a, a moment of panic, right, and then just drops her hands <laughs> and pretends like, you know, nothing happened. So... <laughs> Who's the biggest crybaby sports, and what would you have done if you were that woman? If, if I was that woman and I was getting caught talking crap or making fun of another player, I would hope that I would just own it. <laughs> That's just be like, I yeah, I said it, or <laughs> yeah, I did it. Um, I would hope I would have that kind of personality, but if you're right in front of LeBron, that's, that's another sort of, I guess, thing that adds a layer to this story is that she's sitting courtside and I went to my first NBA game a a few or a couple months back and I saw how big these guys are and I'm not sitting courtside. I'm sitting like 20 rows back and these guys are quick and they're big. So if you're sitting courtside and you're making those notions, I might do the same thing that this woman did. Well, especially after the, you know, um, story came out that LeBron accidentally ran into Jason Day's wife and she had to be taken to the hospital. So you'd especially think maybe that kind of came into her thinking when she started to do it and then pulled You're back. next. Yeah, exactly. But who's your biggest crybaby in sports? Gosh, I, I you know, I <laughs> maybe Johnny Damon. He doesn't really play much anymore. But that's the only player I could say that I legitimately hate. <laughs> And see, there's personal cry reasons baby, for that. Hate all the same. He's a, he's a huge crybaby. He he would have been a legend had he stayed with the Red Sox. He he wrote a book saying that he would never take the money and go play for the Yankees. Of course, a year later, he signs with the Yankees for a, <laughs> never a say crazy never. contract. Um, but he's been crying ever since. And it and yeah, I'd probably say him, him or Tom Brady a little bit. I do like Tom Brady a lot, but Tom Brady, if you play against him, he is the biggest crybaby. I remember there was a few years back. Where a defensive defensive end, I can't remember his name for the Jaguars. They he hit Brady, and it was a legal hit. 
and he didn't get flagged for it or anything. But Brady was so upset about it that he took the tape and he sent it into the league demanding that the Jaguars player be fined for it. And I was like, what a jerk move. But anytime he doesn't play the Jaguars, I'm cool. I like him. But when he plays the Jaguars, I don't like him. This story just proves how different the NBA is from the NFL. Because think about how many fans are just so outrageous at an NFL game. And players don't even notice because they're not paying attention to fans. They're far enough away where you really don't have to pay attention to them. You can't and hear them. 60, and there's 60,000 of them. Right. Well, at an NBA game or any basketball game for that matter, if you're sitting courtside, you're basically like sitting in their lap. Mm-hmm. It's so uncomfortable to me that I would sit there and just like smile the whole time because even if they're not paying attention to you, which apparently they do, um, a la LeBron James and this woman, but I love how awkward she was about it. And I wonder if anything will happen after because LeBron is active on social media. I wonder if she reached out to him to like apologize or like make some smart remark. I wonder if he would respond to her. But I don't think I would have the guts to do that, especially to LeBron. What the heck? He's no huge. Way. He is. <laughs> Not only is he huge, but he's freaking LeBron James. Yeah. And I mean, we, I don't obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know what he had said that prompted her to want to do this. But in the end, like you're still talking about one of the greatest players in sports. It's how she felt, though. You know, she's like, oh, come on, wine again. And uh, <laughs> and so LeBron is just. In a great moment captured on film. I'm just so glad. And I'm wondering, like, who captured yeah. it? Like, where were they standing? It was the TV cameras. And then oh, somebody took okay. a line uh, of that. Of that. Okay. TV. that makes more sense because of the way that the camera is positioned. Is, yeah. yeah, they were on court. And so it was interesting. But, what was uh, he whining about, by the way? Do we know? Oh, I have no idea. But he definitely gave her, like, the dad look. Yeah. Like, turned around and she just stopped what she was doing immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I'm not one to make fun of players, so I probably wouldn't be in that position. But if, let's say it's my hated rival and, you know, they were doing something that I thought was whining, um, and then they caught me, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. You're, you're a crybaby, no matter how big they are, because knowing in the back of your mind, they're not going to come after you. Yeah. Especially someone like LeBron. Maybe DeMarcus Cousins would. (laughs) I just might actually trip and fall into it. Yeah. I'm going to say the biggest crybaby in sports is probably like a Dwight Howard. Oh, that's true. never heard anything good about him. He's left, you know, he left the magic under terrible terms. And he's just one of those people that, you know, as as a non-NBA fan, he makes me want to be even less of an NBA fan for people like him. But uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Ocho Cinco is one I came across. Tiger Woods is one I came across. Oh, you know, I love co- Tiger. Yeah, but he complains <laughs> about, he used yeah. to more now, obviously used to more so now because he used to play a lot more. Um, but I mean, he used to complain about everything, you know, fans, cameramen, obviously at some point his uh, coach. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, that a, guy's a jerk. A he's a crybaby. Steve, is Stevie something? Yeah. Stevie, his old caddy. He's a crybaby. He may be more of a yelling baby, but I would put Will Muschamp in that category. Yeah, um, I mean, he, I don't remember him whining about stuff after games, but I, I know what you mean about whining, just like always so upset, <laughs> always, <laughs> always yelling and screaming and making disgusted faces. Always. It, it's <laughs> funny because there are very few times in my life, if ever, that I've been as angry as what Muschamp gets on a regular basis. 
It, it make it takes a lot to make me mad in the first place. That let alone angry. Yeah, let alone yes. screaming. I will tell a quick story. Um, I was a sophomore in high school, and my English teacher was trying to teach us the. I forget what the book was now, but I think it was To Kill a Mockingbird, but about how, you know, racially it was so different. And she said, but she didn't tell us what she was doing. She just said, okay, class, take off your shoes and your socks. So we all did. And then she said, okay, anyone whose second toe is longer than their um, big toe, you move to the left side of the classroom. Anyone whose second toe is shorter than their big toe, right side of the classroom. So she just separated us like that, right? We all had to leave our shoes at our desks. Then we all sat in different desks. And then she started asking questions, you know, trivia questions from the book. Again, having no idea what's going on. Left side of the classroom, we would raise our hands to try to answer a question. And she wouldn't even look at us. She only took answers from the right side. And even if they got it wrong, she still just gave them the answers. Or she let them try again. So at this point, like those of us, and she told us, oh yeah, you know, this is for extra credit. So those of us that care about their grades and are on the wrong, you know, quote unquote side of the classroom start to get like really furious, right? Like, come on, you're not listening. You're not looking at me. My hand's being raised. I don't understand. She's just completely ignoring all of us. So we get to the end and she puts like 50 extra credit points for everyone on the right side. She takes down their name. She's very serious about it. And then at the end, you know, we're starting to put our shoes back on and I'm like about to call my parents. You know, this is, you know, just outrage. And um, and she says, OK, everyone, that is what it's like to be judged based off of the color of your skin. There's absolutely nothing different between you and the other person on the other side of the classroom except one thing. And that's what you're judged on. And that's how people treat you is you're either ignored if you're in the quote unquote correct group or you're completely, you know, th- respected and and you get to vote and you get high level of positions. And I've never forgotten that. And that was probably one of the angriest I've ever been was just during that exercise. But yeah, I thought it was great. All right. We have a chocolate heel to give away. So if you haven't texted in your sweetest memory from 2015, do that now. Boston sports bar and restaurant text line. I always want to say Boston restaurant and sports bar text line. Either way, 904-641-1010. We'll be monitoring those. We've gotten some great ones in and then you can win the chocolate heel. And we have a few more things to get to, including Christmas presents and New Year's resolutions. Those are coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Just want to talk football. More helmets and heels. Built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. Now on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Well, if you like offense and some scoring, then tune in to me, me, the me. Wrestle Athletic Bowl because it's 42 31 Baylor over North Carolina, but there's still a whole quarter left to play. So for all of the Bears oh, versus game. the Tar Heels, yes, they are going to have some, I'm sure, more scoring to get to cheer for as the game continues. We are Helmets and Heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes. Hard to believe this is our last show of the year, but ladies, it is. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Do you think they're idiotic because no one ever really keeps up with them? Or do you think they're really smart to try and, you know, start the new year off fresh? What do you all think? I like the idea of them. Okay. I think it's great to aspire to be something better with the coming of a brand new year. I think that's great. I am not one to keep a resolution for longer than, I don't know, a month. I'd like to do it, but... 
think about when October rolls around. Do you even remember what your resolution is at that point? Not unless you write it down. Unless you write it down. Unless it's something that's really not super drastic. I think I'll make one. I, I feel like I make one every year. But I think I'll make one that's more like spiritual, I guess you could say. So like having a different mindset towards something specific or maybe changing the way I think about something like I haven't come up with it yet. But instead of saying, oh, I'm going to run 17 miles every morning or drink green juice before I go to sleep on Saturdays, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, I'll I'll do the green juice one. It's called a margarita. All right, my... uh, New Year's resolutions in particular don't really appeal to me because I feel like if, if you have a goal, you should already be working towards it. But I do yeah. like the idea of goals. So I, I, I set up regular goals for myself. Um, I have like some first quarter goals, like business wise. But outside of that, um, mine are just mostly business related, which includes getting um, an office space in the first quarter of this year, which, which cool. looks to be becoming a reality, which will be huge for, for me because I've been doing this whole little freelance thing for a few years now. So that's, yeah, awesome. that's my next step. And speaking of good news, tell everyone uh, what you tweeted out today. Oh, oh, we. <laughs> she gave me the most panicked look right She's like, what? <laughs> what did I tweet? She's like, I tweet 20,000 times a day, Lauren. What do you mean? You have to be more specific. Are you talking about that dog picture that I sent out earlier? Which is the, the correct way dog. to wear the no. pants? I love that question. No, it's an idiotic question because I, I agree it. with whomever said how would they stay up the first way. Was that Beef that said that? Yes. Somebody, yeah. No, it was Tony. Like, Tony, okay. Exactly. I agree with you, Tony. Like, I have a dog. He would not be able to wear pants the first way. He would. You would have to put them on... You know, on the hind legs, and then do a belt around the mid waist. Anyway, mid I love dog pants. <laughs> Great discussion. <laughs> All right, so but anyways, yeah, new more news. One. We as helmets and heels officially have a logo thanks to Bold City Design. Yay! Um, they hooked us up. We've been kind of just rolling with some. You know, we've done a few photo shoots or a couple photo shoots. Uh, one this past summer, and then the summer before. So we've always just used you know photos from various photo shoots. Um, but now we have an official logo. So I'm hearing that we'll get some swag here yes. soon now that we have a logo that, mm-hmm. you know, people can, you know, be proud to rock because I know exciting. I'll be proud to rock it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I always think, you know, I should get like a bumper sticker once we get a logo and, you know, put it on my car. But sometimes I don't drive in a manner that I want other people <laughs> knowing who I am or what I do, right. or what I am a fan of. So then I was like, oh, maybe, maybe not. not. Yeah. But um to me, New Year's resolutions, if it's something that's meaningful to you, then I think you'll and you'll make an effort at it. Then by all means, it, it doesn't necessarily even have to start January 1st, because I, I think this is the issue with it. Everyone says the new year. Well, then January 1st rolls around and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm hungover or like, yeah, it's not a work week this year. So you're like, well, when the work week starts. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, I think you need to set a realistic time frame of when you want to start. And it's and on then, a Friday this year. Exactly. So you're right. People will be like, eh, Monday sounds right. great. We, uh, I, the job I have right now, uh, they're doing a, a like a biggest loser competition and they tried to start it a week ago. Oh, like, are you no. nuts? <laughs> Nobody is going to be able to do that. Biggest gainer for the exactly. first week, first two weeks, and then biggest loser. Yeah, they did that at my office before I got there, um, and it was fun to watch them all. Like as the final week came in, like they're all starving and gaunt, walking around. I'm <laughs> oh like, I'm glad God. I didn't have to do that. Exactly. But, How um, do you guys feel about the New Year's gym rats? I hate them because yeah. I hate them. That's my biggest pet peeve. I work out year round, and when I show up to the gym on in January, and all you people are there. 
I'm awful. glad you only last until March because I get so frustrated. Hopefully sooner. Hopefully can they I, give up by February. Can I take up for those people? Because for a long time, I did one type of exercising. And then now I'm thinking about switching and joining a gym well, closer fine. to me. So if I join it right around this time, everyone's going to look at me with those death eyes. Like, oh, here's another one of no, those no. It's just the, all the machines are taken and people don't. There's sure. no etiquette. And it's just frustrating. I went to the gym yesterday and it's starting already. I'm like, it's not even New Year's yet. I know. People aren't supposed to start this until after New Year's. And because of people like you guys, like the ones that have, you know, almost like staked claim, like I'm always here. I've decided that. Gym. Yeah, I'm going to wait, like, at least not do it in, like, the absolute first week of January and just keep, like, running outside. Plus, it's been so gorgeous. You know, I have to do my sprints for the time oh, and yeah. day of I mean, whenever we do that sprint challenge. I'm all for people, like, wanting to, to get fit and Absolutely. make some healthy go decisions. Just go somewhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Where are they supposed to go? Not Bailey's gym. <laughs> or start, start in November. Right. Get a kick start. Beat the rush. It's just they all come at once. It's like a swarm. You know what? Maybe that will be my New Year's resolution. I'm going to embrace the gym newbies this January. And I am... Show them how it's done. I'm going to show you why you should be a (laughs) year-round exerciser like myself. Amanda walks up to someone (laughs) and goes... Hey, you new here? She lifts up her shirt, shows him her abs, and she's like, this is what working out all year long can do for you. They're like, lady, I'm always here. I just normally come at 6 a.m., not at 5 p.m. What do you no. want? No, yeah. When do you work out, Amanda? Um, morning. <laughs> not late night? <laughs> oh, is that what you're setting me up for? I work out at really awkward times. Um, cause typically my show doesn't start until three in the afternoon. And then if I'm at the stadium before that, um, lately I've only been working out on Tuesdays because that's when the players have the day off, AKA I also have the morning off. So I'll work out mid morning. Um, but off season for me means working out five days a week instead of one or two. Very nice. By the way, you do it at lunchtime. I, I do it in the middle of the day. That That's I, I'm not a morning gym person. I've been that type where I've like set my shoes and my my water and everything is in a nice and neat little pile <laughs> and my alarm goes off and I will hit snooze every single time. Yeah. And then after work, whenever you're, you know, you're driving home, you're done with a long day. It's just it's hard to, to get up for a workout yeah. after a long day at work. So I, I try to make a good effort to take, you know, an hour and a half, you know, at least three days a week uh, to get to the gym. So do you go back to work sweaty? Because that's always been my issue with, yeah. in thinking I, about working out in the middle of the day. I don't, and, and people, other people have asked me this. I guess I just don't sweat as much as other people. <laughs> that's um, my problem. Because it's not an I issue really for either, me. Yeah. But oh, I keep oh. baby wipes with me. So I just do oh. quick, uh, quick little wipe Maybe down. Maybe I, sure I don't exert stink. myself enough. Oh, I, I definitely do the exertion. Um, but mainly I assume I'm doing it because I sweat a lot. Well, right. I think other, people issue. just sweat differently. Yeah. Like, Cause my mother do. will do something for five minutes and she'll be pouring sweat and I'm nothing. You're fine. Yeah. 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 All and right. You're early morning, right? Lauren. Um, I was for a long time, like the 6am. And then when basketball season started, it was just a little too difficult to work Ooh. till 10 o'clock at night and then be up oh, at the gym yikes. at 6am. No, so now you. I kind of fit it in usually closer to like seven thirty, So I get a little more sleep, which is nice, but that it's not, I, I don't challenge myself enough. So I'm going to have to get into a different routine. Like I said, so I'm going to be one of those January gym people. <laughs> okay. um, all right. Quickly, Christmas presents, either your favorite that you gave or your favorite that you received or both. Um, 
favorite that I gave is actually a little bit meaningful because like right before Christmas, I always do like a little shopping where I'll just walk around and see things that I think and, and I think of people whenever I see them. So that's when I'll pick them up. And this was one of those instances where I went to Urban Outfitters and I saw that they had these little books that are called One Line a Day memory books and you and it's dated for five years. And each day you just write down something that you remember. I thought you had a tip something along those lines. And I thought, oh my gosh, like what a great gift for my grandmothers. Because nowadays, like we grew up in a time where we, we put everything on social media, all of our thoughts, our ideals, everything. And they grew up in a time where they didn't do that. And they still probably don't do that, even though a lot of them do have a Facebook account. Um, so I thought it'd be really cool. Like if they just think of like things throughout the day, like the wealth of knowledge that they probably have. I just, I, I, I don't want to sound like I guess morbid about this, but I don't want it to be lost if, if something were to happen to them. I, I want that that knowledge and I want to be able to have you know, read back and look through those books and, and see, you know, what was going on in their minds. Yeah, That's no, I really love awesome. that. I love idea. that. It's called One Line a Day. Pick One up the little books day. from Urban Outfitters. It was great. Hmm. They loved it. I'm so. sure. Typically, I take pride in my gift giving abilities <laughs> however this year christmas totally snuck up on me i know it's on the 25th every year however i was not prepared so i gave pretty great gifts um <laughs> but not really sentimental slash awesome gifts i did receive a really great gift i'm excited about um, my parents got me a keyboard like a piano for my apartment because I played piano for 10 years when I was growing up and I miss it so much. And whenever I go home, I play and my brother plays as well. So we'll do duets and we play when I'm home. I'm like, I really miss playing. And so they got me one. So now I can start playing oh, again. Nice. Very nice. I'm sure your roommate's very excited. I was so excited. But here's the thing. It comes with headphones so I can put the headphones oh, on only I hear. Genius, that's right? great. I Absolutely genius. I wish guitars I had that because there are some they people who have little jam sessions. Yeah. They and do. They have them every day. Yeah, nobody wants to listen to it. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, More scoring, by the way, in that Baylor-North Carolina game. Baylor scored again. It is now 48-31 pending the extra point, which is good. It's going to be 49-31 in that bad boy. Uh, The best Christmas present that I received were sunglasses because I needed them desperately. Um, And then the best Christmas present that I gave, at least in my mind, um, my cousin is moving to North Carolina and she's going to play softball at a small school called Queens, which is not anywhere near the beach. It's in Charlotte. So I found some cute picture frames at World Market and I took pictures of the beach um, that I had taken, you know, all the same beach, but kind of at different sunlight times. And so um, I gave the, you know, put the pictures in the frames and gave those to her so that when she goes to college, she'll have like a piece of the beach with her. So sweet. So I loved it. Yeah. And I'm not normally I'm the opposite of you, Amanda. I'm terrible at gift giving. So it was one of those things where it was like the best part of Christmas was to like watch her open it. Yeah. And, you know, it was going to be really let down if she didn't. Yeah. She wasn't like, like, what is this? She was like, where do these pictures come from? And I was like, oh, I took them. And so it was great. So, yep, it was it was fantastic. We will find out what Tony's New Year's resolution is if he has one that's coming up next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dream Vendors Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM.